through four. It, it, it says here that they were praying. They'd been praying for 10 days. Whether they were praying around the clock, I have no idea. But I think they were getting things right in their lives. You gotta remember that they, the special 12, Judas killed himself, but the other ones, they fled. They left. They, they denied him. He denied him three times. Isn't it amazing that the one that denied Jesus three times is the one that's going to get up and preach on the day of Pentecost? Yeah. Yeah. You, you wouldn't do that. Well, I can hear the person in the back saying, well, he's not worthy of preaching. I heard somebody tell me that he was cussing. And it's amazing how many people we disqualify yeah. that Jesus Christ accepts. Praise yeah. God. If you, if you have the scripture, let's look at it. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was a Jewish holiday. It's celebrating the law, the giving of the law. Okay? Are you with me? Does anyone know how many people were killed when the law was given? 3,000. 3,000. Isn't it amazing that when the day the law was given, 3,000 died? Does anybody know how many were saved on the day of Pentecost after Peter preached? 3, Come to me, son. 3,000. Here's what it tells us. The law kills, but the Spirit gives life. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Talk to me. Yeah. When the day Pentecost had fully come, they all were one accord. What would happen tonight if we were one accord? There's one thing I know the devil fights more than anything else is to keep churches divided. My first church was a denominational church, and it was amazing. Someone would jump up over here and say, I love everybody. And yet they grew out that exit, and the others would go out that exit because they didn't want to shake hands. What would happen if we got in one accord? Oh, they all were in one accord in one place. We fight over everything. Are you aware of everything? I know what kind of church you grew up in, but I grew up in a church if you wore Bermuda shorts, you were going to hell. Yeah. If you went to news, you were going to hell. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that, now I believe in standards. I believe we have to live holy lives. I really do. But it's amazing how many times that we spend so much time talking about bad news when the gospel is Good news. Next verse. And so, everybody say suddenly. Now remember that they prayed for 10 days. And they did not have a checklist. They didn't have a checklist what was going to happen. The only thing that Jesus Christ told them was to go to Jerusalem and wait and tarry until you be endued with power. They had no idea what that was. To be endued with power. Dunamis. Yeah, Greek word where we get the English word dynamon. Until you be endued with power. That's all they knew. They did not have a checklist that boys were going to wait until this happens and then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. They just were praying. And waiting. Watch this. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. That scared most church people to death on yeah. Sunday morning. Right. Yeah. The sound was like the sound of a hurricane. Oh. My wife and I 
just came back from Florida. There was two hurricanes down there. I tell you, when, when a hurricane begins to hit full force, it, it, it's, it's a powerful type locomotive that's hitting. And so all of a sudden, these 120 are in an upper room, and all of a sudden, a sound fills the whole room like a hurricane. Do you think someone got stirred up? It happened just like that. Filled the whole room. Now, fire. Everybody shout fire. Fire. All of a sudden, fire. A cloven tongue of fire comes out of the... Can you imagine the Presbyterians get them running out the doors? Someone be called 911. Our church is on fire. Someone's in hell. It was a. It looked like a tongue of fire. It came down. If you read the scriptures, it set. It divided and set on everyone. That means when you look over there, you'd see that person with fire on them. If you look back there, oh, all 120. This pillar of fire was. Setting on. And then it says, and they all, everybody say all. Oh. And they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. Now here's where the Baptist would quit reading. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me now. <laughs> and they all, they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all, they all, everybody, 120 of them, yeah. began to speak in tongues. Now, some people think it, it was a natural language. I don't believe that. I believe it was a heavenly language. Now, can you imagine if you have 120 people and, and, and five of them over here speaking Italian and, and two of them back there speaking Spanish and three of them over here speaking English. Can you imagine if, if they all at the same time are saying that, it'd be confusion. It was a heavenly language and the key on the day of Pentecost most missing. What was it, Brother Wright? The outsiders heard everything in their own language. That means the Holy Ghost was interpreting the heavenly language to those on the outside that heard it from their own language. Most of them don't realize they had Pentecost is suddenly seasoned. It's a miracle. People were hearing each one in their own language. What the message was. Someone say amen. amen. And it all happened suddenly. Boom, boom, boom. Wind. Fire. Filled. And a heavenly language filling through the whole place. Does anyone know the churches are dying? No. Do you really know the churches are literally dying? The mainline, called mainline denominations, are dying. They're losing. Hundreds of thousands of members every year. The Methodist Church is losing, the last I read, 100,000 members a year. It doesn't surprise me. They, they, they accept, they accept same-sex marriages. Do you know in the Methodist Church, there is a preacher in the United States of America that on Sunday morning dresses up like a woman and preaches in the pulpit. I would jump up, I would shake the dust off my feet, I would put down that off and I would, come on somebody, get out of here. 
fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need a suddenly season to hit the church yes. and stir us up. Yes. Stir us up. Yes. You may have heard it, but I'll share it again. There was a little old lady in a little town, and she she needed food, and she didn't have any money, so she was praying. She prayed very loud. She prayed for the Lord to bring in her food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, she cried out. Yeah. And the next day, there was a knock on her door. She went to the door, opened the door, wasn't anybody there, and the front porch was full of food. She began to shout and praise God and said, he did it, he did it, he did it. Just then, her neighbor, who was an atheist, jumped out from the bushes and said, he didn't do it, he's dead, he's not. A, you can praise him, but you're praising a dead, a dead God. I did it. She said, he did it, he did it, he did it. That atheist said, he didn't do nothing. I went to the grocery store, I bought the groceries, I paid for the groceries. I put it in my car. I drove it up here. I put it on your porch. I hid in the bushes because I knew you was going to be praising this dead God. She said, he did it, he did it, he did it. <laughs> and that angel said, what are you talking about? He did it, he did it, he did it. He brought my food and put it on my porch and he made the devil pay for it. <laughs> Season. Yeah. I want a season, brother, that so just comes in. <laughs> yeah. I remember one night that we were at the fellowship my last year there. We've been praying. We had prayer groups praying. We've been praying for revival. The Sunday night service. Sunday nights we had about 500. Gave an invitation and five drug addicts came to New York. Got settled. Yeah. All people were stirred up. Yeah. Someone passed a note up to me and said, Brother Wright, don't you think that we ought to start meetings tomorrow night? I said, How many will come tomorrow night? All they shouted. I said, We're going to start tomorrow night, and if somebody gets saved on Monday, we'll go to Tuesday. If somebody gets saved on Tuesday, we'll go to Wednesday. But the moment someone's not saved, we'll stop. I said, Do you understand? They said, Yeah. I said, Okay. Monday night, someone got saved. Yeah. Tuesday night, someone got saved. Yeah. Wednesday night, someone got saved. Yeah. We, I'm telling you, the crowd, and, and, and miracles start breaking loose. Right. A lady three rows back was blind. She got healed. Yeah. I didn't pray for her. God just did it. Are you with me? A man up in the back, he jumped up one night, said, I can hear. I said, praise God. He said, I was deaf. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I'll go here. I, he, he said, I can hear. Yeah. <laughs> it went on for one week. I told him, I said, now we're going to rest on Saturday. Some said, oh, no, let's keep on going. I said, no, we're going to rest on Saturday. So we rested on Saturday, Sunday morning. People were healed Sunday night. We went into three weeks, then four weeks. Anybody here? Five weeks. And then we went six weeks. They're getting the same different thing. I'm telling you. Seven weeks. Oh, we. Eight weeks. Nine weeks. Ten weeks. We went a 
weeks. People saved every night for 11 weeks. chapter if you have a Bible. Paul and Silas had been arrested. They were partners. Jesus always tried to send down two by two. It's a covering. And Paul and Silas, what had happened is a demon-possessed girl who was fortune-telling, psychics. It's amazing. I go around preaching different places and you see signs of psychics. Don't bring a Ouija board into your home. You hear me? Don't bring a Ouija board in your home. People Christmas time buy Ouija boards for their kids. Don't do that. So Paul and Silas prayed for this girl, young girl, and she got healed. Well, she she had pimps. You, you holy people don't know about pimps. But she had pimps who were making money off of her. Adjust your halos now. And they got mad because she, she got delivered. And so they, they grabbed old Paul and Silas and drug him into the magistrates. Yes. And they beat them. They whipped them. And all they had done was pray for a girl and she got delivered. Well, they put them in prison. They told the jailer, if you lose them, you lose your life. He sent them down to the very bottom of the dungeon. We're not talking about the prisons in America. We're talking about dungeons down at the bottom where it rains, the sewers come washing through. So they're down in the bottom, listen to me, their backs are bleeding. Their hands are cuffed and their feet are shackled. And if you look at verse 25 and 26 is midnight. Midnight is the beginning of a new day. You may not realize it, but it's the beginning of a new day. And it's midnight. And what are Paul and Silas doing? They're praying. And they're praising God. And they're singing. What in the world? Isn't it amazing? We don't come to church because so-and-so said something about one of our kids and we're just not going to go down anymore because I'm going to tell you one thing. It's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm, I'm not going to tolerate that. Churches are full of pansies. Full of pansies. A friend of mine went to, went to a Presbyterian church in Trossel because his aunt or somebody was doing something. He sat in the seat. He signed the visitor's card. The next day, on Monday, a lady called him up, thanked him for coming to the church. And then she added to the very end, she said, now if you ever come again, don't sit in that seat because that seat's mine. Their backs are bleeding. Their hands are cuffed. Their feet are shattered. They're praying. They're singing. And it says in the scripture, and all the other prisoners heard. So they're not just singing. No, they're praying. They're praying out loud. They're singing, praising God. 
Are you with me? Yeah. So they're praying, they're singing, and they're praising. Verse 26, I want you to look at it. Suddenly. Everybody shout suddenly. Remember, they're not whining and they're not they're not feeling sorry for themselves. They're not sucking their thumbs. No. My first church, I was 24 years old in over West Virginia. Yeah. Then I went to South Charleston, pastored there. Both churches were growing, but they complained all the time. Like they were too cold, too hot. Just, just complain, complain. I got tired of it. I went and bought a pastor about it. Pastor was about that big. And we had a wood pulpit, and I had that pacifier down here, and I got to preaching. I pulled that pacifier out, and I said, Here, you thumb suckers, here's your pacifier. It didn't go over well. <laughs> you, 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 you didn't hear me. It didn't go over well. Did you ever do it again? Nay, 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 nay. Never did it again. But we whimper and we whine over nothing. We pout. These boys aren't doing that. They're singing and praying God. And suddenly, suddenly there was an earthquake. And I believe it was the only place the earthquake affected was that place. I believe it shook that prison. And it says clearly that everyone's prison doors were open. And everyone's chains were loosed. I know one thing. My daddy didn't raise a fool. If I was in that prison, help me, man. If I was in that prison and, and my handcuffs fell off and the prison door opened wide, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and say, Howie, what do you think we ought to do? Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I'm heading down the road. Come on, somebody. I'm running out of the road. The jailer woke up. And the first thing he thought is, they've all left. And he started to kill himself because he know he knows that he's gonna die when the when the government finds out he lost all of them. So he starts to kill himself, and Paul shouts out, Hey, we're all here. I don't, I don't know about you, but I have to have a strong leading. Now I know you holy people, you, you, you stay here and say, oh, this is so sweet and precious. <laughs> Paul didn't go anywhere. Silas didn't go anywhere. Here's the shock. None of the prisoners, none of them brother left. And Paul shouts out, we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> that jailer grabbed the light, ran into Paul's cell, fell on his knees and said, what must I do to be saved? Yeah. 
They didn't even see me just as I am without one plea. They didn't tell me the same stories. Oh, Paul said, we're all here and conviction hit this boy. When you have a suddenly season, strange things are going to begin to happen. He falls on his knees and says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says these words, verse 31, if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. That's all he said. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Then he said, and your whole house. Do what? He said, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only the tractor of the Bible, verse 31, not only you be saved, but your entire household. Anybody believe that? I'm taking that. I believe, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe they're all coming in. Someone says, but, get out of here. No one but this goats. <laughs> Did that go over your head? Steve. <laughs> he took Paul and Silas. My, my phone is, is the truth. My phone is saying, Are you okay? <laughs> Press SOS for an emergency. <laughs> We were going to ask if he's okay. It's now like he's getting a slide down. This phone tells me when it's time for you to stand up. I'll stand up when I'm more standing up. This phone tells me when to stand up. Anybody here? Lord, my God. He took Paul and Silas out of that prison. He washed their wounds. Took them to his house. They preached to his entire house. All of them got saved and baptized. That same night. Come on, look at and his entire family got saved. Two points I'm going to give you. A suddenly season is conceived in the atmosphere of prayer. Nothing's going to happen in the church if we don't have prayer. I'm not talking about on Sunday morning. Somebody comes up and has a little three or four minute prayer. I'm talking about prayer meetings. Where all you do is pray. Suddenly seasons are conceived in the atmosphere of prayer. Yeah. If you want a suddenly season in 2023, start getting together with different ones to pray. Come on. Yeah. But brother, right out there myself, I know you do, but listen to me. If you can get two people with you, see if two people will touch any one thing. And agree on it, it'll come to pass. See, you can chase a thousand, but two of you can chase them. Ten thousand. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. I tell you this, 
people were about here, 14 years old. 14 years old, and you get scripture to stop.
it's you and you ain't gonna get it. <laughs> and I'd go off and I'd try to get right now, I'd come back at him again. I say, Dad, you know, everybody's got one and they're making something maybe I, I I knew you're not gonna have one. I'd go back. I keep going at it until I hear these words. I hear these words from my dad. James Roy Bright Jr. I knew brother get in the bedroom shut up because if you ask for one more time, you will get set on fire. Not with the Holy Ghost. Anybody with me? Today, today, kids do something wrong and this is what parents say. You get over that corner and have a quiet time. Man, I Praise God, it's good, man. I'm over here in the corner. <laughs> what in the world? Put them in a corner, put their head toward the north, their feet toward the south, and warm the equator. <laughs> now, when Pastor Kevin comes around, you tell him I was nice. <laughs> so, if you're going to pray for a suddenly season, be persistent. Don't give up. Yeah. Number two, be patient. Delay is not denial. Did you hear me? Just because you didn't get it the first time you asked, you've got to be, listen to me, you've got to be patient. Yeah. Number three, you've got to be positive. What do you mean? Don't doubt. Ask in faith. Believe me, he's going to give it to you. Yeah. Number four, be precise. What do you mean? Pinpoint your brow. Yeah. I'll never forget. A guy came down to the altar one day, and I went down to pray with him, and I, and I said, what do you need? He said, I need a job. He said, I don't have a job. I need a job. I laid hands on him in the name of Jesus. I said, Lord, give him a job. A week later, I talked to him. I said, did you get your job? This is what he told me. He said, well, I had a couple uh, offers, but they didn't pay enough. <laughs> you didn't say anything about how much you needed. You just said you wanted a job. And I pray in God for three jobs right in your face. Pinpoint your prayer. Well, Brother Wright, just whatever he wants to give you, be fine with me. Pinpoint your prayer. Be definite. Listen. Be definite in your request. Do you still love me? Yes. Yeah. Let's check. Number five, be passionate. When you pray, stay excited. I think there's one place in the world where people are fearful of showing any excitement and emotion. It's church. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's amazing. It's church. It, it's, yeah. They, they can get to get brother, right? that's not my personality. Well, let me tell you something. If we start getting on what you love, you get excited. Yeah, right. yeah. You talk about men that sit in church with their hands in their pocket, and you start talking about deer season. Oh, yeah. Getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, putting on my deer outfit, climbing up in that deer stand. Waiting, brother, wiping the frost off of my eyes. Just waiting for that old deer to come down that. I don't know about you, but you're crazy. <laughs> An amazing man gets up 3 30 morning, grab the deer stand, listen to me. And he says, Boy, you know, going to church at 9 30, it's awful early. What? 
woman in the house on my side right now. <laughs> oh, glory to God. We need to stay excited. Oh, man, there's nothing greater than Jesus. Do you think they're quiet in heaven? When a suddenly season sweeps in. Oh, the house should break loose. God answers prayer. Amen. A suddenly season is conceived in prayer. Number two, a suddenly season is birthed in praise. Worship is not just singing a few songs to fill in a gap before the preacher preaches. The atmosphere of praise. What would happen if everyone in this house during worship would begin to praise God? My, my board in the second denominational church I pastored, they also voted me out. You shouldn't just only say, oh, little simple. That's, that's enough. They had a board meeting, keyboard board. They had a board meeting, and I went, I wasn't allowed to vote, but I went in the meeting. Charlie, I'm sitting there thinking, this is a special meeting. I'm thinking, boy, something that. And the chairman of the board says, we've got to do something. I said, oh, my he said, we've got to do something about this. I'm thinking, what in the world? Well, what is it? People are raising their hands. And people are clapping their hands. Listen, this is what he said. And you know what's going to happen if that continues. I'll say it again over here. And if that continues, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Scared him. Scared to death. That someone maybe might perhaps speak in tongues. And then after the neighborhood, they're all going to call us Pentecostals. <laughs> Help me somebody. We should praise the Lord. This He's a mighty God. We should praise Him because He's good. He's ever been good to anybody. We should praise Him because He's gracious. He's gracious to us. He gives us things. He's generous. Come on, somebody. He's glorious. He's worthy of praise. Quit worrying about what someone's going to think. Do you know we're commanded to praise God? Yeah. Amen. Psalm 150, verse 6. It says, let everything praise the Lord. That's not a suggestion. It's a command. Amen. He commands us. It, we ought to praise God. If you've got a roof over your head, you ought to go into Huntington and see how many people are sleeping on the streets. Yeah. Amen. See how many people are begging during this Christmas time. You got a roof over your head, you ought to be praising God. You got food on your table, you ought to be praising God. You
our praise should involve three things. Number one, our praise should involve our hands. Psalm 63, verse 4, I will lift up my hands in your name. Paul says in the New Testament, lifting up holy hands without doubt or wrath. You should, you shouldn't be told to lift your hand. You should do it spontaneously. I'm not saying we're having a contest to see who can raise your hands the highest. You may not be getting your shoulders may hurt, but I'm here to tell you, you've got to get your hands up. I grew up. I grew up. I grew up with Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, Papalong Cassidy. Yeah. They never shot anybody. They always pulled a gun out and said, hold up your hands. That means you're surrendering. Brothers and sisters, I surrender to the Lord. So when we start praising God, we ought to get our hands up. And you've done it here, and I'm thrilled about it. Also, we should clap our hands. Psalms 47, verse 1. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout with a voice of praise. There's just something about it. I know you don't understand it, but the atmosphere of praise. You're lifting your hands to the Lord. You're clapping your hands because of victory. You should also worship from your heart. Psalms 138, verse 1, I will praise you with my whole heart. If your heart's not in it, if you're just going through the motion, that's nothing. Your heart's got to be in it. You should praise Him with your mouth. Psalms 51, verse 15. My praise shall show forth, my mouth shall show forth your praise. I've observed something in almost 50 years of ministry. Women get into it. You say, let's praise the Lord. Most women will just start praising God. But men, their hands are in their pocket because they know that the thing is that they're going to try to pick their pocket. <laughs> Get your hands out of your pocket. Men lead the way. You should be a priest of your home. Come on. Yeah. You, 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 you not only should pray over your home, you should, you should lead your home in some praise. Yeah. And you should be a leader of this church when you come in here. Praise God. Yeah, man. Get your hands up. Amen. Clap your hands and with your mouth begin to praise Him. Why, why should we do that? Psalms 22, verse 3. My God inhabits the praises of His people. What does that mean? He manifests. Churches are so quiet. Bars aren't quiet. Honky tonks aren't quiet. Football fields and stands, they're not quiet. Marshall's playing tomorrow. They'll be down there spending money, traveling all the way to Myrtle Beach. And boy, if Marshall scores a touchdown, I'm telling you, this is what they'll do. I, I know what I'm talking about. If, if Marshall scores a touchdown, you can stay with me. If Marshall still scores, they'll, they'll jump to their feet, and this is what they'll do. They'll go, 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 go. The ones that wouldn't do it in church, shh, I'll do it down there. 
not, that's just not my personality. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs>
turn your battles into blessings during a suddenly season. He'll turn your setbacks into comebacks. Your turnaround. I declare unto you home the way. And in this suddenly season that you're going to experience, He's going to refresh you. He's going to revive you. He's going to renew you. He's going to refuel you. He's going to restore you. There's no use for God to put Holy Ghost power in you if you're not going to use it. If your car stays in the garage all the time, you don't need gas in it. It ain't going anywhere. But when he refuels you, when he refuels you, let me tell you, he expects you to get going. I proclaim a suddenly season is coming in 2023. I have one last scripture. Ezekiel. 39 verse 8. Surely it's coming. Says the Lord God. Not some whippersnapper preacher. But the Lord God says, surely. For what would happen? We get hold of it. It's amazing. We spend so much of our time discussing the bad things that are happening in America and bad things are happening in America. But what would happen in the church if we begin to proclaim it's coming? I suddenly see them is on the way. The Republicans don't have the answer. The Democrats don't have the answer. He has the answer. suddenly season when you're down in the valley. Yeah. Someone shout it is coming. It's coming. Oh, half of you said it. Just everyone shout it's coming. It's coming.
dainty to see. I hope I've helped somebody. I really do. I, I believe the Lord gave me the message. John, he grew up in Maranatha Fellowship. From that I grew up. If you desire and suddenly season in
lift your hands. Father, I thank you for this time that you've allowed me to preach this morning and tonight. I, I trust it's helped your people. We thank you for the visitors, these young men that have come. We thank you, Lord, for what you're getting ready to do. Lord, we give you praise before we see it. We thank you for it by faith. Lord, before it ever becomes a reality. Lord, as we leave this place tonight, may we get hold of the fact we need to pray. And we need to praise you. And I suddenly see something. Suddenly see something that's coming. Somebody shout, it's coming. Oh, one more time, shout, it's coming. Hug somebody's neck. Hey, next time you see Pastor get on shoe, you tell him you want to have Pastor right back in this place. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for coming.